0: The glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Miles. And this is the best beer show on the internet. I certainly hope so. Well, at least that's what people keep telling me. Like who? Like my mom. Okay. She's like, you're doing such a good job. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Mom. You're the greatest. Then she gives you your bagged lunch and sends you off to school? Yeah.
1: Very nice. So have what have you been brewing? Uh, I have been moving. That's been my project over the last week. it doesn't sound like fun. It's not. Like, the end result is amazing, because I just moved in with my girlfriend, but... Going from A to B was just a wretched endeavor. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The only thing that made it, like, possible was the fact that the place
0: I'm moving into
1: had carts.
0: Oh, that's nice. Carts are fun. And an elevator. Carts and an elevator? This seems just ridiculous at this
1: point. Well, when you had a whole bunch of bookcases and stuff like that to move three floors up and only a couple of hours to do it in.
0: I suppose. It was
1: invaluable. It, <laughs> dude, I'd still be on that first trip if I didn't have carts in an elevator. Yeah. Ugh. Have you what have you been brewing?
0: Um I haven't been brewing anything per se. I mean we did the we did the uh the lambic thing yep. at Eric's the other day. Uh but I've been doing some research on meads. Some mead. And so I want to try and make a couple of those. I'm going to do some like 1 gallon batch stuff and
1: right on. I've uh I have a friend who started making 1 gallon batches of beer and very quickly moved into meads. Yeah. Yeah, I tried some of them. Not bad, very strong.
0: Yeah, I I see. I I want to do ten or I want to do five gallon batches of mead, but honey is so expensive. Yeah, like
1: one one gallon will set you back like
0: thirty bucks. Yeah. Well, no, not. It qu- shouldn't be quite that much, depending on where you're sourcing your honey. I suppose it also might depend on what kind of honey you're getting. Yeah. But
1: he, or my buddy told me he bought a, bought a. Uh, like, three quarters of a gallon for, like,
0: 34 bucks or something. Of honey? Yeah. How much does that weigh? I don't know. Because I've always been, like, uh, everything I've been using is honey by weight. And sure. it's, like, 14 pounds uh, for uh, a five-gallon batch. And, well, and it, about a cup of honey weighs about a pound. Okay. So guess we can extrapolate from there volume weight wise okay give me
1: one second here i'll be i'll I'll have that for you move on move on oh okay oh
0: i i didn't really have a whole lot to move on to
1: oh okay Uh, uh this is okay how many cups are in a gallon
0: do you have any idea uh well let's see there's four quarts in a gallon and there's four cups in a quart so 16 16 cups in a gallon
1: Yes, that is correct.
0: This is good radio right here, guys. Yeah, I know, dude. This is, is just gorgeous. gorgeous.
1: Okay, um, pound sixteen.
0: Yes. Okay, twelve pounds. Twelve pounds in a gallon. Yeah. So that's that's almost enough for a five for a five gallon batch. Yeah. 30, 35 bucks. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, uh, it's still expensive. Yeah, but it's not any more expensive than a batch of beer, I guess. That depends on what kind of beer you're making. I guess. (laughs) By the time you get your yeast and all that stuff. Uh, Yeah, I suppose that's true. Um, Granted, I can do 10 gallons for $50, so there's a little bit of a discrepancy there.
1: Yeah, but you like your mild British ales.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of mild British ales... Uh, this beer that we're gonna try here is, I guess you could call it a collaboration between Miles and I. Miles made the recipe, and I brewed the beer. Oh gosh! Yeah, that's right. Be embarrassed, so yeah. embarrassed. Oh, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it turns out in the bottle here. It looks go. all right. Yeah the colors there. Um it doesn't smell very Britishy.
1: What is what does it smell like to you? Getting a lot of yeast character I guess. Um yeah, okay. No, okay, so what this beer actually is is for our homebrew competition I tried to set up a new category of uh process brewing where everyone would make the exact same beer. And the process is what would differentiate them, and whoever came out with it best had the best process.
0: And so. Do you, do you remember what the recipe for this one was? I'm actually trying to look it up right now. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I think the, my big thing was it. The hops were all wrong. Well, that's part of it. But, well, thank you. No, right. uh, <laughs> no uh, this it—it's almost too sweet and caramely. Okay. Well, okay. So the the recipe
1: was. Oh, oops! Wrong one. Where are we? Where are
0: we? We are just so prepared today. Yeah, no, this is this is kinda of sad. Okay. Alright, well, uh the beer looks good. Uh it has that nice uh white head that I like on my on my bitters. Um just slightly off white. Uh it's clear ish. Like the glass is dirty and I but other than that I think it's fairly clear. Um Oh, that's why I'm not seeing it the the on the aroma I'm not getting that uh, that bready British yeast character or smell that I'm that I'm used to with the bitters yeah um.
1: okay okay I got it here all right uh, so it was seven pounds of pale two row, uh, 0.95 point nine five pounds of caramel crystal forty half a pound of carapils and a quarter pound of chocolate the, hop, the hops the haps were uh, one ounce of Willamette at 60, half an ounce of Willamette at 20, and half an ounce of Willamette at 5. And then uh, say, fail SO4.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, there's. I think I would have pulled back the caramel edition a little bit and axed the chocolate edition and then used uh, British two row.
1: And- yep. Um, the reason that those were in there is because I wanted to be able to have this category available for all grain and extract brewers alike. So what I did was I started with the uh, started with the liquid extract and then translated that to all grain. Okay. And so within the majority of extracts, most of them do have carapils and then caramels and chocolates, uh, assuming you're not talking about just like extra light and then Mm -hmm. light malt because if you use amber or the special dark most of them have at least four or five different grains that go into them um and so normally i probably wouldn't wouldn't have even considered putting chocolate in yeah but it was in the it was in the liquid extract so i translated it over to the all grain as well okay so that's why that's why that looks the way it does. I was I was kind of restricted by what the what the extract was like. going to do. Yep.
0: Okay. Um, I guess what I would have done is just done a pale extract and done all of my coloring from specialty.
1: Probably a good idea.
0: Uh, instead of instead of trying to use like an amber extract or something, I, I think that's what I did try to use. Yeah. Because I mean, this this tastes uh, like an amber ale. I think I think that's 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 the flavor I'm getting. Um, And I mean, if you had used a you know like a little a higher hop bill, I think this could pass for an American amber fairly easily.
1: I agree. Actually, that that's pretty much the way it's coming off.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah. Other than that, like as an amber, I think this is solid. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty palatable beer. It is. I mean, it's drinkable for sure. Uh it's not it's as a, it's it's not a bitter, <laughs> no, <laughs> which no, which was which was my biggest complaint about it. Yeah.
1: No, it's it's not a bitter. Um and as far as an amber, it's too light bodied. The original gravity was supposed to come out below 1050. And so if I was going to change it, I would either try and it's a session amber, there you go, <laughs> yeah, because it really shouldn't have topped out much much more than four four percent, yeah, so yeah, I think if I was going to change it, I would add some more base and then call it an amber,
0: yeah, and I think up up the hot build just a little bit to bring a little bit more bitterness
1: through, yeah, I'd probably just switch out the sixty minute Willamette to something higher alpha, okay, um. The other, the other thing I was trying to work within the bounds of, was the ingredients we had at the store. Mm-hmm. We just happened to have plenty of Willamette, which was an English hop. So I said, "We're just going to use a couple ounces of this." Makes sense. And then I, I tried to fit it in there appropriately. It didn't bitter as much as I wanted it to.
0: No, but it's not. It's not bad by any. Stretch no, of no, the no. It's not.
1: It. it it was. It should have come out to about thirty-one IBUs for a ten forty-seven original gravity, mm-hmm. which is, which is supposed to be in that realm of bitter. Is supposed to. have.
0: Yep. So yeah. So I think when I throw this on tap, instead of calling it a bitter, I'm going to call it and uh, yeah, an English session amber. Though I might leave the English off. There's not quite enough English character no, there for me. No. So. Uh,
1: it would have more of an English character if it was. English malts,
0: English malts, and in English like liquid yeast, I think. Like, yeah. Well, the ESB yeah. yeast has a very distinctive yeast character.
1: Yeah, S- uh, Safale SO4 is. Um, I-, I think it's a London ale.
0: Yeah. So, but the pro- my problem with dry yeast, and maybe it's just me, is I never get a whole lot of yeast character out of them. No. They you they mean, always no. they always seem to flocculate way too well, and they do flocculate way too well.
1: I, and so that's it, that's one of the things I've noticed. All of all of the one gallon batches I've done so far,
0: they've all just come out really clear. Even a yeah. stout, you can like tell is very clear. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's great if you're doing, you know, like a pale ale or something like that. Something that you want no yeast character and you just want the hops and the malt yep. to be, you know, to shine through. But with something. Uh, like an English bitter or something like that, you really need that yeast character there, or even like a half a Weizen or...
1: Yeah, yeah. I, and I haven't tried all the all the dry yeasts, and I'm sure that there are some that... Uh,
0: that come through... That come
1: through plenty yeah. more. But for the most part, I've used SO4 and USO5, which I think are for the most part supposed to be it just it. clean yeasts to
0: yeah. use. Yeah, and Nottingham is the same way. I use Nottingham for all of my ciders. Yeah. I do cider. Nottingham is a good cider yeast. All right, well, where are we in the show?
1: I think uh, it's time to move on.
0: All right, are we going to do some... Uh, oh, boy, I get to answer questions now, don't I? Yes, yes. Oh, all right, all right, all right. I'm all so right. excited. Let's do this. All right.
1: so this week we're talking about bottling. Okay. Bottling is the process by which you take beer from the fermenters and put it in your bottles along with priming sugar, the product used to
0: carbonate the beer properly in the bottles. Can I can I can I just say one thing yeah, go for to it. add to this? Bottling is the worst. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Compared uh
1: I agree and
0: disagree at the same time. <laughs> Kegging is more expensive, yes, and less transportable. Uh, but bottling still the worst. <laughs> bottling is less fun, but if you have it down
1: with two people, it can be a relatively painless process. And kegging can
0: be hard just
1: in all of the things that you have to know all at the same time to not screw
0: up. I disagree. Like You just clean the thing, sanitize it, purge it, and then fill it with beer.
1: Yeah, but in order for it to come out right, there's a lot of things you have to be considering.
0: Like what?
1: We'll talk about that next week.
0: <laughs> all right,
1: topic next week, kegging.
0: All right, sounds good. I'm in. That's my favorite
1: subject. Right? Okay, question one. How many 12-ounce bottles does a 5-gallon batch typically yield?
0: Uh, 48 to 52. That
1: is correct. So roughly two cases of beer plus an extra bottle or two. Yep. By what method is the priming sugar added to the beer?
0: Ah, you... What?
1: Okay, so there... (laughs)
0: <laughs> you put it in the well you what i do i I guess I could tell you what I do, yeah, go for it uh i i take uh a volume of water depending on how much priming sugar I'm adding, yep, and then i boil i bring that to a boil yep to uh purge all the oxygen out of the water and sanitize it, and then I add in my my priming sugar while it's boiling, get that nice and dissolved, take it off. Cover it, stick it in the freezer for about an hour to bring it back down to temp. And then I very, very carefully, with minimal splashing, pour it into the bottom of my bottling bucket, and then rack on top of it.
1: Yep. Uh, for the most part, what I was looking for is the fact that uh, the sugar gets boiled in water and then added to the bottling bucket before the
0: ah, goes out okay. to it.
1: And uh, the primary reason for doing that... Is to get it dispersed throughout the beer. Correct. Um, for people who try and and just pour it on top in the beer, and even trying to stir a little bit, uh, you can have um, it doesn't mix thoroughly, and so you can have some bottles of beer not as carbonated as others. Yeah. And so you you can get a very mixed batch. Mm-hmm. And then also you can actually buy tablets that go one per bottle
0: yeah yeah carbonation tablets yeah
1: i've never used those have you
0: i i have not they're kind of expensive are they well they're more expensive than sugar and so
1: isn't that all it's supposed to be
0: yeah but it's more expensive than sugar because it's individually packaged sugar (laughs) all right fair enough uh and i don't bottle so (laughs) there is that problem too
1: and I know this doesn't have exactly one answer, but I was going to ask it anyways. Okay. How much sugar do I use when I want to bottle? What are
0: you bottling? Uh, British ales. British ale? Yeah. Uh, you force carb- um, <laughs> right? uh, is Let's see. It's been a while. Um, I'd say about an ounce and a half, I think. Because you want it, you want it to be less than the standard two volumes. Uh, so I would use an ounce and a half. I have I have a table that I use. Yeah. To...
1: No, um, roughly one point eight would be the lower, ish end. Okay. Uh, in general, for British ales, I have a list that talks about volumes of CO two, but I also have way at the bottom a range from the absolute low number that I saw to the absolute high number okay. I saw for ounces of corn sugar and it actually goes from as low as 1.8 to 8 that's a lot that is a lot um normally if you get a, a recipe kit your standard is 5 is five, it 5 ounces yep and so 8 is still quite a bit but the only thing that was that high was German wheat beers okay which, when you think about it, kind of makes sense, really. Mm-hmm. Quickly. Uh, and then the, at the really low end was British ales, and I think it, and it wasn't part of this uh, margin.
0: No, but it's list. probably around two. I'd say is what they're gonna.
1: Well, what I was gonna say is this is a fairly generalized list, but I think definitionally speaking, the lowest was the wee heavy scotch ale. Is supposed to just have virtually no carbonation.
0: Yeah. So fairly still.
1: And like one point four ounces, the last time I looked, is what that was supposed to use.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I like I love I love like the low carbonation of of the English beers. It like, just
1: helps make it to be really pleasant to drink. Yeah,
0: well, and sometimes you'll get one that's like a commercial example of a bitter, and it's, it's you know it's standard uh, carbonation volumes, and you're like, this is too much. There's too many bubbles, get rid of these, yeah, pretty much, all right, back to bottling.
1: yes, uh, where do I store my beer once I have it bottled?
0: In a cool, dark place, but not a too cool place, like what you about want it too dark. It can be as dark as it wants, <laughs> no light,
1: yeah, uh, the answer I have is anywhere out of the sunlight, yeah. That would that would be yeah. The, uh,
0: the yeah I mean, and you you want to keep it a little bit higher than fermentation temps, but not necessarily hot. Yeah.
1: How long do I let my newly bottled beer sit before I drink it?
0: Um. How patient are you? Uh, I don't know. Decently patient. Okay. I would say wait a minimum of ten days. Try a bottle. See where it is, and then wait. Like if it's if it's still undercarbonated. Wait a few more days. Try another bottle. Yeah. I have roughly two weeks
1: uh, for those who have a decent amount of patience. John Palmer says that for those with none, can probably start after about a week. Yeah. And there will be carbonation, but it will still continue to pick up some over the next week or two. And he said if if you have the patience of an angel, about two months... For it to carbonate and to develop some of those extra chemicals that yeast just continues to, to make throughout storage. Makes sense. Storage. But uh, for the most part, I tell people two weeks.
0: Yeah, two weeks. Well, especially if you're doing a uh, an IPA or something like that, something with a lot of hop character, you want to start drinking that as soon as you can because that's when your characters are going to be the freshest.
1: Well, let's see. We had a beer that was grained to glass in one week.
0: Yeah. You can't funny. do that with
1: bottles, though. No. No, you can't. <laughs> you got a keg for that
0: one. Yep. Okay. But we'll talk about that next week.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, is corn sugar... Uh, so, I, I, I phrased this specifically because uh, you'll find corn sugar is the primary priming sugar, and it also comes standard with homebrewing recipes. Okay. Okay. Is corn sugar the only thing I should use when bottling my beer?
0: Uh, no. You can actually use any fermentable sugar. So that includes, well, really just anything that'll ferment. You could use, uh, well, you, corn sugar, obviously. Um, honey will work. Uh, I, I found a website that covers a quick
1: list. Okay. Is um, still not even close to everything that can be used. But we have, uh, fructose glucose lactose maltose sucrose candy sugar corn and beet or cane and beet sugars corn sugars lactose palm sugars molasses raw sugar agave syrup maple syrup and rice syrup
0: yeah if it's if it's sugary and will ferment Then you can use it. You could even crush up candy canes and throw them into your beer, and that would work. Yes, I don't recommend it because that's a lot of. Well, maybe in a stout. Well, I mean, if you're chocolate stout, maybe just a little bit for that hint of peppermint. Oh man! Experiment time. Agreed. Could you ferment with Jolly Ranchers too? In a cider?
1: Sure. Like how complex are Jolly Rancher sugars? I
0: don't know.
1: They're delicious. That is true. You know they actually make uh, Jolly Rancher syrup
0: for ice cream? Do they really? They do. Huh. Chocolate syrup? I bet you can ferment with that. I... uh, uh, (laughs) Would you want to? In a chocolate stout? I suppose maybe. (laughs) Butterscotch syrup. Just make it a diacetyl bomb. <laughs> no.
1: Okay. Anyways, one of the points I was trying to get at with this one—ah, brewing jokes. <laughs> yes. Um, is the fact that any and all of these will offer. Just tiny or little nuancial flavors that give your beer just that last little bit of uh, character that yeah. you can control. And, uh, you know, underneath these lists, it, it talks about all the different aspects that these, these offer. Uh, as an example, molasses will help give a little bit of a rum-like flavor to...
0: Uh, Yeah, well, and that's something you need to keep in mind uh, when you're you're using these sugars, is they do impart flavor. Yeah. So if you don't want that flavor, don't use that sugar.
1: Yeah, and the idea is that you would choose these different things because
0: they have a characteristic you're looking to impart in the beer. Mm -hmm. Not just because you have them on hand. Yeah,
1: and if you wanted to avoid any outside flavor, you can actually use unfermented wort as well. Uh, I've never actually done that.
0: Oh, because then I would have to save or brew unfermented wort just to... Yeah. It seems like a lot of work. It Honestly,
1: it does. And it has to sit throughout your fermentation process. Yeah.
0: Which, I mean, I guess isn't the worst thing in the world, but there's so many many, uh, opportunities for contamination.
1: Yeah, and when your cane sugar is... Or when your corn sugar is so cheap. Yep. Or, you know, just use table sugar. Just throw that in there. I don't like table sugar in my beer. Why not? I I don't know.
0: It works just fine. I use it a lot. I don't suggest it. Uh, I do, because it's cheap, and you always have it for when you're like, oh, crap, I need to bottle. Oh, no, I don't have any corn sugar. Uh, this will work. And I find it doesn't impart a whole lot of flavor,
1: no, if any. Okay, so I'll, I'll say this. Uh, using it for bottling is you know probably a you know perfectly a-okay uh trying to like use it in the recipe of the beer
0: oh no no don't do that don't do that that's that's not no 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 bottling is fine don't put a pound of uh of table sugar in your beer and we we were talking use dextrose
1: we were talking about this this is one of the reasons why mr beer sucks
0: I suppose, do they have you add? Oh, yeah. We need to buy a Mr. Beer Kit and brew those beers.
1: Dude, they they literally take 20 minutes.
0: I know, but we should just do it and try them on the show.
1: I suppose, 50 bucks for the kit. It's
0: not bad. No, it really isn't. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll talk about that more off yes. the air. Yep. Uh, so, before we wrap up here, Miles, what uh, equipment do I need to bottle?
1: Well, you need your bottling bucket, of course. And what is a bottling bucket? A bottling bucket it looks like a plastic fermentation bucket, except it also has a spigot.
0: Ah, uh, spigots.
1: They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, you'll have a tube that connects from that to your bottling cane, which is... Do you need a bottling cane? I highly suggest using one. Okay. Uh, what's special about a bottling cane is that it is used to fill the bottle from the bottom up which sounds dumb when you hear it on the air uh no okay so you in order to open it up to let the beer come out you have to push it all the way down to the bottom of the bottle
0: there's a little spring-loaded uh i guess nubbin nubbin is that Uh, the technical term uh, sure that's the technical term and so when you push that down it opens the valve and all the beer flows in
1: Yep, and the point is, is there's uh no room for splashing which allows you to fill it with the beer without any bubbles or foam mm-hmm. to take up space
0: or, or oxidation. oxidation.
1: Yes. Uh then you would obviously need your bottles, your bottle caps, and your bottle capper.
0: Okay. Um is is there any like uh like when cleaning the bottles, is there any uh precautions we should take? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely.
1: So you want to clean and sanitize your bottles, and by clean, I mean you need to make sure that there is nothing inside those bottles at all. At all. Okay. So, I mean, and by that, I mean just literally no physical
0: matter. Uh, Just clean it all away and get them sanitized appropriately. And if you use soap during the cleaning process, which I don't recommend, um you need to rinse 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 and then rinse again and then one
1: more time on and top
0: and yeah it. because if you have any soap residue in your bottle you're not going to get any head none whatsoever
1: and in fact didn't we talk about that with we
0: we uh, did we we talked about that with yeah. logan no rick wasn't it well maybe it was rick yeah it was rick
1: yeah cuz he had his homebrew gross bottles yep <laughs> yeah um but yeah that's that's pretty much it I, i'll say on top of that Bottling should be a two-person process.
0: Uh, you could do it with one. You easy. can,
1: but it's a pain in the butt.
0: Well, bottling in and of itself is a pain in the butt.
1: Yeah, but if you have two people and you got the process down, it's fairly painless. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I really do suggest that it be a two-person process.
0: Uh, oh, and when you are saving bottles like homebrewers are wont to do, never try to cap a screw top.
1: Yeah, that just doesn't work.
0: Well, so the the big issue is it can shatter because the glass is thinner on a screw top. Yeah. Than it is on a regular pop top.
1: That I never knew.
0: Yes. So you, I mean, you might be able to get away with it once, maybe, but I wouldn't even I wouldn't even worry about it. Just just toss them. Just,
1: yeah. The short. It's not worth is, just it. Just don't. Just don't. Not worth it. That doesn't make sense to try and not, you know, crimp a cap onto a screw cap bottle. Yeah. Just doesn't make sense.
0: Alrighty. Well, I think that about wraps up our discussion. Next week, we'll be talking about kegging. Correct?
1: Yes. We'll be talking about kegging. Awesome. Hopefully, we'll have another guest.
0: All right. Uh, Well... If you enjoyed this episode or any of our other shows, uh, go ahead and send us an email at feedback at blindnindastudios.com or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash studios, or you can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. Uh, and if you want to support the show, uh, you can go ahead and donate to our Patreon page. Uh, You can become a recurring donor there. Uh, That's patreon.com slash studios, or you can go to our website, uh, blindedstudios.com, and there's a link at the bottom of the homepage that says uh, become a patron today. Or uh, you can click on our Amazon affiliate link, do your regular Amazon shopping, and then Amazon will give us a percentage for sending you to Amazon with our referral link. All right. uh, Well, have a good week, and I will see you next week. Have a good one.